Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The investment news you need. This is the Bloomberg Market Minute on News Radio 700 WLW. At 810, Patrice Sikora back with us from Bloomberg in New York with news from Columbus. And it doesn't involve Stormy Daniels. Who, no. She was arrested up there last night. Uh, so I understand. Yeah. Yes, well, yes. it might all fit in because we're going to talk about L Brands, which, of course, is the owner or the proprietor of Victoria's Secret, right? The parent company of Victoria's yeah. Secret, yes, and Bath and Body Works. Oh. Now, shares of L Brands down almost 6% pre-market. The Columbus-based company reported Victoria's Secret June comparable store sales fell 1%. Comparable stores meaning these are stores that are open at least a year, so you can compare the two. Uh, sales down 1%. Analysts have been looking for an increase, though, of almost 3%. But when you do add in the sales of Bath & Body Works, mm. they were very good. You get sales that were better than expected, but that's the whole kit and caboodle yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the president just wrapped up a news conference in Brussels, and uh, I guess this whole thing with China may be simmering, And but who knows, mm. right? Looks It looks good, right? And that, it, that's driving the futures up. It is. Uh, futures are higher right now. There are new hints, perhaps, of talks between the U.S. and China on this trade issue. Futures are higher. Overseas markets have recovered most of yesterday's losses. But aside from any possible talks, we do have Washington and Beijing now about seven weeks away. They've got that much time to strike a deal or really get out the big guns yeah. that would really hurt corporate supply chains and raise prices for us and for other consumers around the world. Uh, the newest U.S. tariffs on $200 billion of Chinese goods scheduled to go into effect after August 30th. Now, you and I were talking a little while ago off the air about eSports and just how yeah. it's taken off. And I guess now the uh, Disney is going to air the championships from the Barclays Center. I, is yeah. that this weekend? Is that one of those? Uh, are? Actually, it's the next. It's. Not this coming week, it's the, the week after. Following. Friday after the 27th, I think, is the final. Um, eSports ready for primetime, though. Yeah. Disney is putting them on ESPN and its other networks. It will air the playoffs and finals of the Overwatch League. Now, this is a multi-year deal with Activision Blizzard. The league was formed, actually, January was the beginning of the first season here. Mm -hmm. uh, Activision saw how much Overwatch, how popular it is. It sold 12 city-based franchises at $20 million each. Wow. Yeah. So this is this is a big league. Well, it's a sizable league, let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah. They'll be playing at the Barclays Center. The last two days are sold out, too, for the finals. And Goldman Sachs says by 2022, eSports will have viewers viewership that is on par with the National Football League, Ooh. and total revenue could reach $3 billion by I just, it's a, it, it is a sport that has just taken off. And I, I think if you're maybe... <laughs> 40 and under, I think that's probably, you grew up doing this, you know, with yeah. the Xbox. and Yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, I don't doubt that at all. I think this thing could, it could rival, as you said, the NFL or some other leagues. By have that. you seen some of the competitions? Yeah, with, it, the, yes, with I have. With the lights and the staging and that. I know. And, in fact, there are now colleges. I know for sure it's um, they offer UC, Irvine. UC yeah. Irvine has an entire yeah. uh, uh, auditorium where the teams come and practice yeah. and people can watch. Well, they have this whole thing now, you know, for senior citizens. It's called Senior Twister, and you can compete online where they play big band music and, you know, just like the old Twister. Are you sure? No, I just made that up. I've got to so. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm Patrice Sakura from the Bloomberg Newsroom on News Radio 700 WLW. All right. It's 8:13. I don't know uh, if this was in your house when you were a uh, when you had children or if you were a child, but Mr. Rogers is uh, coming back. There's a new uh, documentary out by uh, a man by the name of Morgan Neville, and the documentary is Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I think there are certain things that come along every so often that, that we need as a society, and I think Mr. Rogers coming along again is is probably a good thing because things are certainly out of whack right now, aren't they? And uh, this was a man who was kind. He was gentle. He spoke directly to kids. He didn't talk down to children. He was uh, an ordained minister, and he had a series of characters that would come out and they would be dressed up and they'd do this and they do that. It was very simplistic. It was corny, but it was it was just the right touch. And it appears now that Mr. Rogers' mania is taking the country by storm. We're going to talk to uh, a nanny who thinks that uh, maybe this is just the right thing at the right time. So we're going to stand by for the Windy City nanny here in just a little bit. It's Ken Brew for Mike McConnell on this Thursday. Mike's back tomorrow, but Chuck's Ingram. 820 News Radio 700 WLW. Good morning. How you doing today? It's going to be a great day. It really is. Well, it will be if you make it that way. World's out of whack. We know the world is out of whack. People are at each other's throats. Everything is political anymore. Turn on the TV and what do you see? You see people yapping, gums flapping. Everybody seems angry. You go to social media. Everybody seems to be opinionated and at each other's throats. It's just... After a while, you just wonder, is anybody out there ever going to be happy and civil to everybody else again? There is, uh, I think, there are things that come along at certain points in our society that people just need. They just need it. And it might be something crazy. It might be a dance. Remember the Macarena back in the mid-90s? Everybody's having a good time doing that. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a TV show. Well, it is a TV show. I don't know what age you are or whether or not you've had uh, any children that had grown up in the 70s and the 80s, but there was a show called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and it was hosted by a guy who was an ordained minister, and it was originated, I believe, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, it was uh, the lead character was Fred Rogers, and he had other people around him. But what he did, what I always thought was impressive, is he talked to children. He didn't talk down to kids. He tried to connect to them on one level in a very soft and a very entertaining and very fun way. And kids were mesmerized by this. My son, who's now in his mid-30s, always, every day, same time, had to go to the local PBS station and watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And uh, I, I looked, I said, really? But it turns out there were a lot of kids doing that. And now it's back. Brand new documentary is out. Morgan Neville is the man who has uh, produced this. It's all about Fred Rogers, and it's kind of like rekindling the whole Mr. Rogers thing. Uh, The Windy City Nanny is a woman by the name of Florence Ann Romano, and uh, I think she's on board with this as well. I think she thinks this is a good deal as well. Let's find out, and let's welcome Florence to 700 WLW. Florence, welcome. How are you on this day? I am wonderful. So happy to be with you. Well, I'm glad you're here, too. Are, you, are Am I right? Every so often you get something that reminds you that there is good in the world and that everything is going to be okay. And that's what Fred Rogers preached every single day on his television show. He did. And it's so nice to see that coming back 
because you're right. We do need it today. And, and not just today, but every once in a while, you do need to be reminded of innocence. And I think he does a really good job of doing that. And it was, it was, look, it was slow paced. It wasn't frenetic like a lot of today's entertainment. It was a very soft spoken show. There was very placid music that was played. And the characters right. all seemed carry, uh, caring and understanding and all that. And there was always a message that he delivered. And he never talked down to kids, which a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of these children's shows do. Right. Well, today you do see a very different definition of entertainment for children. So this is like Mayberry to children, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. today they're like, what? And this is so boring. But really, I was one of those children that grew up in the Mr. Rogers era and was glued to that TV. And he was mesmerizing, like you said, about your son. And one thing I want to mention, too, that just kind of describes it in a different way is I grew up with a brother with autism, 17 months younger than myself. And Michael has limited language um, and, and limited communication, but Michael loved Mr. Rogers. And that was amazing to us because he not maybe wasn't necessarily understanding everything Mr. Rogers was communicating the same way a typical child would, but there was something he was learning about mm-hmm. the way that Mr. Rogers was interacting with children. There was a kindness and a gentleness about him that we believe did permeate Michael mm-hmm. to understand these lessons that Mr. Rogers was teaching to typical children, but also a disabled child was learning something from him too. So he did have a very powerful energy about him that did run the gamut. And the, and the answers, you know, there would always be some sort of matter that would pop up. And the answers that, that he broke it down to invariably involved love, respect, tolerance, understanding. And, and the way he spoke, it was, you know, there was, there was, it was so commanding. It was just you. And after a while watching this with my, my kid, I thought, okay, I, I kind of get this. Because I think at the end of it all, children, whether – whether they, uh, you know, whatever race, creed, color, ethnicity, religion, or anything, I think that they have sometimes just a tough time figuring out what's going on in the world. And I think he did. I think he did that. And I, I, there's not been another that's come along that's of his like. There hasn't been, and I really hope that someone does. I mean, though he's not with us anymore, it's our job to perpetuate the legacy, truthfully. And you said something very important. You watched this show with your son, and that's an important lesson for parents. And sometimes it's not easy for parents or caretakers or nanny, whomever's in a child's life, to understand how to communicate with a child. It's not always easy. Mm -hmm. You can't talk to them the way you would talk to an adult necessarily. They don't understand things that way, except sometimes they are a little bit more mature than you think. However... Mr. Rogers found a way to talk to children, like you said, that was accessible for them. But that's also teaching parents and caretakers and nannies how to speak to children. He's giving you tips and lessons on how to do that, and that shouldn't be overlooked either. It's not just for children. It's a way for anyone who's communicating with children to learn how to actually do it efficiently and impactfully. And and I think that's a, a missing ingredient today for whatever reason because of because of job stress or out of the home, you know, parents out of the home during the day mm-hmm. or the wrong caretaker doesn't really understand what that child is mm-hmm. saying. And then maybe the parent just wants someone in there just to watch the kid. And they're not taking mm-hmm. the time to understand who actually is watching the child. But children, I found, and I don't, I don't know if you found this too, but I, I think if you empower children, 
you can't obviously have a six or seven year old raising themselves and making all their life decisions. Right. But, if, but if you empower right. them a little bit, say, "Hey, I got uh, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm doing this, or we could do that, or, or would you rather do?" I think it gives the the child it he he or she buys in then to not just what the parent is saying, but buys into life. That that's what I've found. What about you? I agree with you. It's confidence. I mean, truthfully, when you when you when you get down to the simplicity of it, it's raising a child with confidence. And there's a fine line between confidence and cocky, mm-hmm. and you have to work on that when you're when you're young with children. But if you give them confidence, the best way to start to be able to cultivate that is, like you said, including them in decision making. So they start to do that critical thinking. That's an important skill they need to use too. But as you start to communicate with them in that way and they start to feel involved, they start to mm-hmm. feel valued, they're going to be more prone to taking a leadership position in their life going forward. And I know that sounds so mature to think of a little child doing that, but to instill confidence, you have to be able to start to look forward, see what you want the child to be, see what the influences you want on your child to be, surround your child with those different people in your in their lives that will give them a different taste of all the different essences you want for them. But it really comes down to confidence. We're chatting with Florence Ann Romano, the Windy City Nanny. She has uh, a book uh, out that uh, is it's kind of a... Um... It's an illustrated book, debut book for children, Nanny and Me. I guess you can get that everywhere, right? Amazon, the usual places? You can, the usual places, or you can go right to my website, and you can buy it there, too. WindyCityNanny.com, and you're a former nanny. Former nanny for 15 years, and then uh, once I retired, wrote the book, and now get to stay in contact with children in a a different way, but I absolutely love it. Well, we appreciate your time here today on 700 WLW. Thank you, Florence. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor, Mr. Rogers? Always wore those sweaters. You know, I, and, I, and I do think things like that come along every so often when, you know, we need them a little bit. Fred Rogers died, I want to say, maybe five, six years ago. Uh, he lived a very long and very robust life and uh, very successful. Never used the television show really for any profit. Just a message. And it was very su- They used to have, in fact, um, uh, my, my kids, had their grandparents, uh, lived in Pittsburgh, and uh, Fred Rogers each each summer would have one of those. It would be like a concert, but he'd have all of his characters there, and you could go and you could see him and see the concert. And they went into that uh, that thing once, and that's all they could talk about was they got to see Fred Rogers in person. Anyway, brand new documentary out. Morgan Neville's "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Won't you please stay tuned? Jason Nathanson, ABC News Entertainment correspondent. The Emmy Awards are about to be handed out. And then, down the road, five things that should tell you you've got a toxic job and it's time to get out. Next on News Radio 700 WLW. Keeping you in the investment loop. This is the Bloomberg Market Minute on News Radio 700 WLW. Well, the bell is going to ring in less than an hour. We're hoping for a better day on the street than yesterday. It's always a good day with Patrice Sakura. Good morning, Patrice. Oh, good morning, Ken. It looks like we're going to have a positive open, too. Good, the futures good. are higher. Yeah, uh, and a, a consumer price index looks pretty good, huh? Yeah, well, it rose less than expected in June on falling utility prices and a record decline in hotel costs. Mm. Consumer price index up one-tenth percent. They were looking for two-tenths percent. The overall gauge for the last 12 months, up 2.9%. Now, that's the most since 2012. The CPI report also showed that hotel and motel rates 
fell four points. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. percent The biggest decline on record. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, drug prices going up despite the urging of the president, huh? Yeah. President Trump may have succeeded in convincing Pfizer to hold off on some price increases, but didn't stop other companies. Mm. In the first 10 days of July, at least 10 other drug makers and biotechs raised prices on at least 20 brand name medicines. A review of pricing data by RX Solutions and Bloomberg Intelligence finds the increases included medications for cancer, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, and liver disease. Generally, they were less than 10%, but the price of one little prescribed sleep aid was raised by more than 700%. Wow. Uh, a lot of us are trying to lose weight. I think you told me 49, 49% of Americans are trying to lose weight. And uh, apparently, though, the more money you make, uh, the more weight you lose. It's kind of well, like taxes, right? It's, it's the effort that goes into it. Let's put it that way. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the majority of these folks are between 40 and 59. Exercise, eating less, adding more veggies and fruits, and drinking more water are the most common strategies. The least common, skipping meals and cutting down on fatty foods. And as you said, the higher the income level, the greater the weight loss efforts. So Cheetos were not part of the equation, were they? Uh, I don't see them in here, but if you no. drink plenty of water with them, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? That's flush out the system. Have exactly. A, have a great day. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Patrice Sikora on News Radio 700 WLW. Coming up on 840 News Radio 700 WLW. Uh, today, later on today, we're going to find out whom has won, not, not won, but whom has been nominated uh, for the Emmy Awards, the television awards that will be handed out later in the summer. So the guessing is on as to what that might be or who those people might be. But those awards are coming up, I believe, at uh, maybe like, uh, I think about 1130 this morning. I'm good. How are you? How's that red carpet in your house? That plush shag red carpet that you have in your house? It's you fantastic. I, it's, and, and you practice on that, right? I, I do, yes. Yeah. Big day in TV. Emmy nominations are coming out. Any any projection here on who might be the winners? Uh, well, we're going to have uh, in the drama series, it'll be interesting because Handmaid's Tale, which won last year, will face Game of Thrones for the first time. Ooh. Game of Thrones wasn't eligible last year. Uh, it's kind of weird. It seems like it's been a while since we saw Game of Thrones. Uh, it, it has been over a year, but the the season last year started so late it wasn't eligible. So even though we didn't get a new season this year, last year's season is eligible for this year. So Game of Thrones will take on Handmaid's Tale. Uh, it'll be Dragons versus Handmaids. And those are the, the two that are probably expected to win. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to the others, you know, it's just a nice to be nominated. I think The Crown from Netflix is yeah. definitely going to get in there with its second season. Mm -hmm. This is Us on NBC, also definitely going to get in there so that's four right. um and then we have a couple spots that are open from last year because better call saul which was nominated last year mm -hmm. hasn't had a new season yet so right. they're not eligible house of cards also not eligible because they haven't had a new season so what's going to go in those last three slots i really hope the uh, the final season of the americans yes. gets in there yeah because it's fantastic and yeah. it deserves to be doesn't get a whole lot of emmy love yeah. um then uh, Killing Eve, a new show from BBC America. If the Academy wants to prove that it's hip and it knows what's going on, they'll nominate that. 
then you have uh, one more slot, which could go to Stranger Things or Westworld, which were both nominated last year. Yeah. Both had second seasons that weren't that great yeah. and not that buzzed about. I'd like to see Ozark get in there from Netflix, a fantastic that show. That is. You're, you know, and, and you mentioned the Americans. and I, I, I've been addicted to that show since it, it came out. And the, the lead male character in that show, Matthew, Matthew Reese. Reese. Uh, who I just think is phenomenal, and he's Australian, and is obviously th- th- think about this: he's a guy from Australian playing somebody from Russia, and he speaks impeccable English. I mean, when you yeah. think about that, I mean that's that's character range right there. He's actually, I believe, Scottish or Irish. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and but but he he is so fantastic. He'll get a nomination uh, for best actor. I, I, he deserves to win. I don't know if that'll happen. It yeah. hasn't happened yet. Uh, he and Kerry Russell also, uh, who they're a couple to, by the way uh, from that show, um, and the, the two of them. I would love to see the two of them win. Yeah, um, we'll see if that happens. Uh, what do we know about uh, the Roseanne reboot and all that? Is that is it green light? What's going on with that? Well, yeah, it is It is a green light, and it'll be interesting to see how the Grammys treat Roseanne, because before the whole controversy, I would say Roseanne was probably a lock for a Best Comedy nomination. Um, now that's probably not going to happen, but I still think we're going to see, at least in the Best Supporting Actress race, yeah. that Laurie Metcalf gets a nomination there. Oh, good. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if maybe John Goodman gets a nomination yeah. as well for Best Actor. So we'll see a couple acting nominations, but the show itself, probably not going to get nominated. And we're going, we're going to get a new winner on the comedy side anyway, right? We're, we definitely are because Veep last year uh, was the winner and it had been the winner for a couple years and because of Julia Louis-Dreyfus going through cancer and battling that, they've delayed this next season so there isn't a new season of Veep to be nominated. So on the comedy series side, we're going to get something new. Uh, Atlanta on FX is probably one of the front runners mm-hmm. to win there. Um, and then it's going to battle uh, some returning nominees, including Blackish on ABC is probably going to get another nod. Um, I think Barry from HBO, a first-year show, is going to get a nomination. It's fantastic. Uh, and also another first-year show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon, which won at the Golden Globes. I think that's going to get a nomination as well. Then when you're looking at the other slots, there are so many good comedies, actually. This is a very tough uh, thing. So does something like Modern Family, which has been nominated for years but uh, isn't going to win, do that, does that get another nomination? Silicon Valley, which I never really understood. I like the show, but I never yeah. understood the Emmy love for it. Yeah. Is that going to get a nomination? Glow on Netflix, a lot of people like yep. that. Yep. Um, and then if, if they, the Academy voters really want to show they're hip and cool and with it, they, they give a nomination to something like Insecure on HBO, which is fantastic. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, a show Smilf on Showtime, which is just amazing. Um, or possibly The Good Place on NBC, uh, which is also another fine comedy getting a lot of critical buzz. We'll we'll find out later this morning, will we not? We will. And you'll be right there. I will be be right here in Hollywood, yes. And, And you will bring your portable red carpet just in case. I, I, I travel with it everywhere I go. Jason Nathans at ABC News Entertainment Correspondent. Thank you. All right. Take care. How do you know when it's time to get out? Welcome back. 700 WLW. Ken Bruin for Mike McConnell. Mike is back tomorrow. How do you know when it's time to get out of a toxic job? Well, you got to know what the signs are. You can feel them. You may not want to admit they're there. 
but they're there. And then what do you do? How do you resurrect that? Tracy Tim is a career coach. She knows all about this stuff. You can find her at tracytim.com. You can also find her right now here on 700 WLW. Tracy, good morning. Thanks for thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. Toxic, toxic, toxic. So many work uh, environments are just toxic places. And I, I'm just wondering, at what point should you figure out that this just isn't working out? You know, it's such a funny and sort of ironic thing because toxic workplace cultures feel a lot like having been in a Starbucks for a little bit too long. Like right when you walk, right, right when you walk into a Starbucks, you're like, "Wow, this smell is yeah. really strong." But yeah. you know, I like coffee; I can hang. Yeah. Uh, and then once you're there for you know an hour or so, you just forget. Yeah. You forget that there's fresh air somewhere else. Yeah. So, honest, being honest with yourself about the fact that what you're going through doesn't have to be what you're going through is usually the first step. Yeah. You know, it's funny in, in, in this business, which, you know, honestly in broadcasting, it's, it's a business of ego and it's a business of, <laughs> of type A personalities. And it's a business where you're, you know, you're not sure who your friends and your enemies are, but um, mm. it, 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 if you were in a business like that and you know, it's been a very rewarding business for me. I've, I've been in it for a very long time. Um, you you got to really determine who your friends are and who your friends aren't first. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think also you want to look towards the people who you admire or the people who have the positions that you think you're aspiring towards and see if they have the lifestyle or, you know, have things better than maybe you do. Mm. So I remember in my very first job when I worked on Wall Street, um, when I finally you know, came to the realization that it was as toxic as it was, was because I looked at the people whose jobs I was technically going to have later on down the road. And I was trying to figure out, are they any happier than I am? And the answer was definitively no. So that's when I realized, you know, if I'm not working towards something better than what I have now, what am I really doing? Yeah. Yeah, You know, and, and drama queens are not gender specific there. You know, you have drama queens, (laughs) male, female, and if there's a lot of that going on, chances are that you're in a toxic environment, right? Yeah, and and to your point, you know, when you're in a big ego-driven environment as well, I mean, it can come from both sides, and they're jockeying for it for different reasons. You know, we see women coming at it from one angle and men coming at it from a different angle, but you're exactly right. There's no there's, – yeah. <laughs> uh, drama is definitely is abounding everywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. So let's say you're in a place like this where uh, there's a lot of people there or, you know – uh, to hell with you and hooray for me and, and dramas everywhere and there's backstabbing going on. I mean, you're there, right? It mm-hmm. would seem to me, a couple of things seem evident to me here. One, in, in the in the job environment right now where there are uh, more job openings and fewer people to fill them, chances are mm-hmm. if you're in a situation like that and it's going on and you want out and you're good, you're going to be okay. I would think you're going to be okay. Would you not be? Yeah, I mean, I if you get out, you'll find yeah, yeah, you'll find something I think that's better. So I think that's the first thing. There is something better out there. Yeah, the the tricky part here is that whenever we come up against change, even if it's change that we know is going to more than likely bring about something positive for us, leaving your status quo, right, leaving mm-hmm. the path that you've already been on that you've carved out, I call them career conveyor belts. 
it's kind of, it's just hard to get off when you've already, you know, you've got your desk all set up, you know exactly where the coffee machine is. I mean, it's, we take those things for granted and we laugh when you and I talk about them in theory, but when you're in that job, right. trying to build up the, uh, you know, what's called the activation energy to actually make a change from what you're already working towards can be really, really challenging. I call it kind of comfortable misery. It's, it's, easy, it's comfortable, you know it, it's familiar, and even though you know that more than likely making a change is going to result in something better, it's still really challenging to get out. Yeah, it's kind of like if, if 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 your drinking is is affecting your job, that's bad. But if your job is affecting your drinking, it's worse. And it's, it seems to me it seems to me that that's that's what's at play here. And and you've got to understand when you're you're reaching that point. What would you suggest if someone is at the end of their rope where they are right now? And it may not be a career yet. It may be just a job that would lead to a career. What what yeah. should that person do at this point? So I think the first thing that you have to do is start out with yourself. And and if it, if sort of the self-analysis piece is hard for you, then, you know, help enlist somebody to help you or, or find, you know, family, friends, whatever. But you have to figure out what's really important to you and where you see yourself going. Because hopping from one job to another job because you're escaping a toxic environment yeah. is is negative, you know, reinforcement, right? Mm-hmm. You're just leaving something that you don't want to be right. doing as right. opposed to running towards something that you do want to be right. doing. Right. So, right, and, and that's what employers are looking for too, right? Every single, I've worked with over 100 companies now and a lot in the hiring process, and the number one thing I tell them is figure out if they're running away from something or if they're running towards you. Yeah. And I think when you frame it like that, really people wake up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they realize in the hiring process like oh i really need to make sure that this person actively wants to be working with us doesn't and doesn't just want to be leaving somewhere else and and so, you, you'll know your health will tell you if this is happening and uh you, you will go through changes that other people mm-hmm. hopefully friends will notice and if they're exactly. friends they'll tell you look you're there's something going on here that's not good and you're not you you know, Ken, that, that exact thing happened to me. I, I vividly remember being so miserable that I couldn't even diagnose it myself, but I went to a high school friend's wedding, and you know how your high school friends know you better than anybody oh, yeah. else. Oh, yeah. I was 25 years old, and I, if you know me, you know I love weddings, yeah. and I was sitting outside of the reception on the curb just crying by myself, and I had a friend come to me and say, this isn't you, and that really woke me up, right? It, it, you've, but you've got to listen to the people in your life and the signs yeah. that things are going downhill yeah tracy tim that's t-r-a-c-y-t-i-m-m.com that's where you can find tracy career coach deluxe thank you so much for your time (laughs) here today we appreciate it thank you thanks for having me have a great day yeah i and that's so right you don't run from something you run to something i've left i've left places because it was just toxic i couldn't take it and I was, I wasn't me. And the people around me said, "What? What? What?" And it's like, you know what? I finally came to the realization: I'm either going to get out of this place and go someplace where the environment is better and I can be better at what I do, or I'm going to get engulfed. And I think everybody gets there. You just got to find the warning signs. And believe me, with the work situation right now, if you're good, there are very few people like you, and there are a lot of companies that have openings. It's just the way things are right now. So I guess there's a silver lining there. There's a silver lining here. Scott Sloan is in next. And you know what that's all about. You know what he's all about. And he's all about it right till noon on 700 WLW. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.